Hey guys, it's Pastor Scott, and I want to thank you for sharing this time together. My prayer always is that something said will fortify, strengthen, encourage, and equip us to become everything that we were created to be. I hope you enjoyed part one of our conversation with Pastor David Dyer. What an incredible, incredible time that we had. And I am so honored to get to share with you the conclusion of that conversation, part two. David is such a good brother, and I hope that you sense his passion, his integrity, and his willingness for us all to come together. Don't ever forget that, beloved. You and I are better together. Don't fall for the deception of isolation, okay? Don't fall for that. The first time that God ever said something wasn't good, it's not good for man to be alone. We are better together, and I'm so thankful that we've been able to bring you these podcasts as local pastors just working together for our community. So please share this with others. I hope that you receive, and let's get straight into the conversation, part two, with Pastor David Dyer. Uh, Paul tells us, and, and, and we know that our mind isn't our mind very seldom wanders onto the things of God. Yeah. You know, that's why Paul said you have to set your mind. But, yeah. you know, but he does tell us, you know, finally, yes. right, you know, whatsoever things are good. I'll that's right. Report, that's right. Think on these things. That's he right. gives us the things to think on. That's right. And, um, you know, I, 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 I've, I've said this so many different times. If you, if you read through the canon of all Scripture, you're going to find, it seems to be a paradox, God is very seldom consistent but he's always constant. Yeah. He is the Lord God that he changes not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. That's right. But how many times did Jesus do a miracle so many different ways? Exactly. And God, you know, and 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 I'm glad that it's not formula driven. It's right. it's faith driven. That's right. You know, so we have to be. That's right. Um and and we get to be. I don't say I don't want to say we have to be like that's a punishment. We get to trust him. You know, we get to find pleasure in the only place that pleasure can be found at his right hand. Mm -hmm. You know, right. not not in the things of this world. So That's right. um, I, I, maybe uh, let's see. I don't know if this is going to be a sharp turn, but let me change gears maybe just for a second. Sure. Um, obviously, we're in a time right now where there is, as I've said before, there's so much um, tension. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like everything is, is just we're, we're just everything's a powder keg right now and every you know there's there's like a match six six inches away you're just waiting to see which one's gonna blow first mm -hmm. and um, we know that some of our issues some of our differences and again I think difference is okay I you know I think we're to celebrate not just tolerate people's differences and I have you know I have a multicultural church and sure um, I grew up that way, so I had no problem with it. But I know that some of some of the racial issues and some of the tensions, you know, they're systemic and they're, you know, we're talking about centuries mm -hmm. of this stuff that has just been ensconced into the culture. Um, I don't know if it's fixable in our lifetime, mm. but is it fixable? If somebody were to ask you the question, can, can this be fixed? To and I know that's big. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's a great question. And there's 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 hope in the heart of every believer that says, we know that when that which is perfect has come, it's going to be as it 
should be. When, mm-hmm. when Christ steps back on this earth to rule and reign in authority, it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We pursue that until yeah. his return. One thing that our society is going to have to learn, and the church is going to have to lead the way, is that difference does not equal division. Yeah. We equate difference and division now as being one and the same. Mm-hmm. That is, that's what's permeated our culture, our mindset. It's even permeated our, our church. That if we have any difference, then it automatically divides us. Right, right. But where do you see that in the ministry of Jesus? You don't. You don't see that in Jesus' ministry. Jesus knew the differences between the twelve men that he called to follow them, him. Yeah, and they were they were so right. They were, they were so radically different. different. Yeah, they were radically different. I mean, you had fishermen and tax collectors, and you you had people who had spent all of their lives uh, working in the sun, and others who had made their living in an office. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you had that kind of background, those kind of differences, and those are real socioeconomic difference. Yeah, those were real cultural difference. Those were those were real um, in terms of their their experiences and their backgrounds. Those twelve men brought very different. Uh, histories mm-hmm. into that path where they just begun to follow Christ Absolutely. together. Yeah, you're right. And Jesus never once even hinted at those things dividing them. I mean, he didn't even address it. Mm-hmm. He he treated it as a non-issue. Right. In other words, he's saying, following me is is enough. Yeah. You bring your differences and follow me. And he never told Peter, you can't, you know, you're not from Galilee anymore. Right. Right. He you know, he never told Levi, you you weren't a tax collector. Right. He knew their background. Sure. He called them through those things. And then he actually used their experiences to make them better at following him. Yeah. He, he didn't just tell them, you you know, you can't bring any of, of, of that, your past and, and what you've been through with you. He said, oh, I'm going to show you a better way, mm-hmm. how to walk with what you've been through, how to walk with what you've done. And that is the gift that the church has to offer the world. That is the beauty of the church is that you've got people of different stripes. You've got people of different denominations. You've got people of different cultural backgrounds. You've got people uh, with different skin colors. And because we are following Christ, we can show the world what is actually possible when we bring all of those things, as you're saying, streams into the river mm-hmm. to follow him. Yeah. You, we, we're definitely coming from a, a different starting point. Right. Our, we, we sprung up. Mm-hmm. Every single believer sprung up somewhere different than right. someone else. That's that's our past, our history, our testimony, whatever you want to call it. Yes. But we're all flowing in the same direction behind Christ. We're all we're all flowing with Him into the future that He has for His people, yeah. and we can do that beautifully. That now, I say that the world needs to learn this. Let's be honest. The world cannot learn until the world learns to follow the one that we're following. Yeah, We can't give a prescription like love one another to the world. I want to tell you why. You, the love that you and I have for one another is is not possible in the flesh. Yeah, you're right. Only the Holy Spirit of God that's, that's enables exactly right. you and I to love yeah. one another. Yeah. So I'd be lying to this world if I said, just love one another. And because the world knows that that's not actually possible, that's not its prescription. Mm-hmm. Its prescription is um, uh, uh, political correctness. Its mm-hmm. prescription is to to try and forbid some people from speaking out. You see, it tries to put all of these band-aids on these problems. Yeah, doesn't fix anything. That's right. The world is unwilling to give the remedy because the world does not have the true remedy. You and I, as followers of Christ, the only remedy, the one solution you mentioned earlier for mm-hmm. the thousand problems, yeah. is Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a radical heart transformation. Absolutely. And it happens all at once, but then it takes a lifetime to learn how to live it out. Yeah. 
And I, I, I love that because that is not an oversimplified answer no. to say the world needs Jesus. No, it's not. Because we understand what that means. Yes. We understand the push and the power that's behind that's right. that. That's right. Um, and I, I think that, you know, if it's taken all of this for us to not be ashamed to stand up wherever we are mm -hmm. um, and introduce Jesus into the situation. Yes. Um, my God, what a what a revival, what a whatever you want to call it. People are calling it revival. They're calling it a reformation. They're yes. calling it. It doesn't matter to me the title you put on it. Right. We just know that it's, you know, God large and in charge and yeah. however he wants to manifest right. himself. Um, I do know, you know, absence is a, absence and silence is an invitation to chaos. Sure. Um, as we close, what are some things that as pastors, as leaders, um, what are some things that we can do to come together, not to just console the hurting? Right. Um, and like you said, not to just put, you know, a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Right. <laughs> um, but what are some things that we can actually do that are proactive yes. and Excellent. measurable change? If all we do is see process without right. progress, right. then right. hope deferred, we're, we're going to get frustrated. But what are some of the things? Because we know that people love the concept of change. If yes. I preach on change, right. they, they, they'll shout me down. Right. But but people hate making changes. Sure. You know, that's an excellent question. I think that's where you and I bring these great spiritual truths that we know, and then we get to bring it all the way down to ground level so we can live it out. Practical. Yeah. So I'll yeah. Rather than tell someone else what they should do, I'll tell you what God has led me to do. There you go. I, okay. I'll just share that. Four years ago the Lord led me to expand my tent. The Lord led me to get out of my comfort zone and to intentionally pursue relationships with people who I knew were different than me, mm. especially uh, to, to pursue relationships with my black brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. I did not have enough of those, mm. and God showed that to me. And so I began to make myself meet people who were different than me. Mm. I began to reach out because here's the thing. If you sit around and wait on someone to reach out to you, it might not ever happen. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If, the, if, if the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart, then you need to be obedient to it. He, he led me to this. It's been one of the greatest blessings of my entire life is being to, to break my own heart's barriers my own past's barriers. If someone was listening to me right now and say, what can I do to actually gauge change in my own life? Mm -hmm. I'd say you you make yourself make new friends that are different than you. Yeah. Make yourself do it. I love yeah, I love that. The, God said God said stretch. Yes. Your boy. He didn't say he would stretch him for you. Yes. Yeah. That's right. He said, we've got to expand. Absolutely. It, that's right. He yeah. will lead us to do it. Yeah. But he's not going to override your your choice. Right. You've got to say, okay, Lord, this is what you want. Therefore, I'm going to be obedient in, yeah. in every walk of life. But especially this, because so many of us, uh, I hate to call it a rut, but we're just used to what we're used to. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're comfortable with being around people like us, think like us, live like us, all that good stuff. But Jesus never did that. How many people would Jesus have has have been around mm -hmm. if they had to be like him? Yeah. 
None. That's right. No. Not one. Every person Jesus met was radically different than him. Yeah. And what did he do? He went to him anyway. Yeah. He loved him anyway. And that's what you and yeah. I have to do. We got to start seeing. I mentioned a moment ago. We've got to start seeing eternity in others. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't look at you and see only what my eyes are telling me. I have to be able to see what the Holy Spirit of God sees. Yeah. I have to be able to see what the Father sees. I have to be able to see what the Son saw when he hung on the cross. What yeah. was what was he looking into? Yeah. He, he was looking into eternity. Yeah. And if we can begin to see eternity in one another, you want to talk about value. You're talking about uh, recognizing one another's worth. Yeah. Re- recognizing mm-hmm. that, that someone, no matter who they are or what they are or where they're from, is eternally valuable, you begin to see them the way that the Father sees Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. Henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. That's right. But yeah. That's right. right. And when we begin to do that, now that is also, you're talking about something being quantifiable. That is quantifiable. Mm-hmm. I can I can make myself look at someone yeah. and see eternity. Yeah. I, I know that my initial instinct is, is going to be what my physical eyes are showing me, mm-hmm. and I'll automatically see the differences automatically. Right. But then I can say, all right, flesh, you've had your say. Now, God, what do you see? Yeah. That is quantifiable. You can do that throughout a day. I would yeah. challenge someone to try that for one day. Absolutely. Just purpose in your heart. Everybody I see, I know what my eyes are going to tell me, but then I'm going to stop and say, now, Father, show me what you see. Absolutely. And what happened in my own life, and I hope it would happen to anybody who would try this, is that God broke me. Mm. He broke me in such a beautiful way. Mm. I I, I cannot look at someone the way that I used to because of this. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's not always the first instinct, but praise God, now, before I see the differences, I see eternity, That's where it used to be the other That's way around. Awesome. Yeah. Now I, I see eternity in people. That's awesome. You know, you saying that, it was and just you framed it so well. Mm-hmm. You framed it so well. Um, the Bible says that it's God that gives the seeing eye Mm-hmm. and the hearing ear. Right. Seeing is a gift. Looking is a choice. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus would say, consider the lily, consider the sparrow. Right. Uh, hearing is a gift. Listening is a skill. Looking is a skill. It's something that we can get better at. Absolutely. You know? And uh, I thank God that he's given us eyes to see and ears to hear, but I thank God that he is opening our hearts to look right. and to listen right. and to be careful, as Jesus said, be careful how we hear. That's right. How we hear. So they, we could go on, hopefully. Let's just do this again sometime, man. You just are, you are just such <laughs> a choice, choice individual. And, and uh, I hope this is the first of many meetings and and fellowships with you guys. I love your heart and I'm so glad that you did this. Before we go, man, could I just ask you if you could just lead us in prayer and just pray over the people that are listening and and pray over our community and just just pray. I'd be honored to. (laughs) I'd be honored to. Uh, Father, you are holy and you are seated upon a throne of righteousness and justice. You are a holy and mighty God, and there's no one like you. Uh, Father, rather than trying to bring you low and to make you like us, instead it's good for us to see you in your beauty and magnificence. Yes, Lord. So that we recognize just how much we need to be transformed so that we become like you. Lord, 
I am mindful that the world that we live in wants to make less of you. But we desire to magnify you, Father, in all that we do. Lord, the conversation that we've had, it's exalted Jesus. And so it has fulfilled its eternal purpose. The Holy Spirit has led. And so you've been honored and pleased. And Lord, now I pray for those who have been with us, who have been listening, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would first show them their value, remind them of who they are in Christ. Lord, that they might rebuke the labels that this world would lay upon them in the name of Jesus. But then, Lord, I pray that what you show them, who they are, they would translate that over and see others the same way as well. Father, the time for division has passed between your body. The time for the schism has come and gone. Now, Lord, it is time for your people with one voice to unite in the name of your Holy Son. And we are certainly supposed to be set apart, but not from one another. You've set us apart from this world. We are supposed to be peculiar, Lord. We're supposed to be different. But, Lord, we're different together. Yes. Lord, the world needs to see your church as being different together, as being unified Father, I I pray, Lord, that you would continue to rally your bride. Uh, Father, for a long time, she has been weary. For a long time, she has looked worn. Uh, Her dress has been saturated with the dirtiness of this world. But now, Lord, you are restoring your bride. Now, Lord, you are redeeming her, and you are cleaning her up one day at a time. One uh, act of repentance at a time, Lord, you are preparing the bride for what she needs to be and who she needs to look like when the groom returns. And Lord, that's what I'm looking forward to. Lord, I don't see uh, a darker day for the church. (laughs) No, Lord, I see a better day for the church. I see the best days that are still ahead for your people, and I praise you now for it. Lord, I love you. I thank you for my brother, Scott. I pray your blessings upon him and his ministry. I pray your favor, Lord, that your face would shine towards him, Lord, that you would continue to be good to him and pour out, God, your best blessings upon him, his life, and his ministry. I pray for his church in the name of Jesus that you would flourish this place and these people and that you would use them to affect the kingdom. And Lord, I pray that for all of your sons and daughters that you would do the greater things that Jesus spoke of through us now, for greater things are needed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this time. And like I said, I hope it's the first of many and appreciate your your heart. I appreciate your spirit. And a couple of things even that you said in in your prayer. And I want to remind each and every one of you, don't, don't ever think that your day is winding down. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. And you can trust that. He saves the best wine for last, and I'm so glad about it. Listen, if you've been blessed by this podcast and the others, do me a favor and and comment and write us and let us know. And please share this with your friends because we're trying to build grassroots-wise. We just want to build our audience, and we want to make sure that this truth gets out. We don't care who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. That's right. And I'm asking you right now, if this has blessed you, if you want to reach out and just 
you can send a blessing here. You can minister a love gift, whether it's through PayPal or you can go on our website or anything like that. Um, but we're doing this to make sure that we get the gospel out, and we're going to use every stream and avenue available. So thank you so much. Listen, don't ever forget that you were created for such a time as this, and we can, by Christ, do all things. He's our strength. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much, and I hope you have a blessed day.